welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is from the Sword of the Spirit Bible Conference. This is the second morning service of Saturday the 25th of February 2017, entitled, To Walk on Water You Have to Get Out of the Boat. And the Bible reading is taken from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. Here's Pastor Brian Beaver. You know, if you were, if you were to look at that battle through human eyes, and a, and a humanistic perspective, you'd say, there's no way. There's, there's no way David should have won that. Goliath should have won that battle. I mean, it'd be like, you think about it. I'd, I mean, that'd be like my local high school going to, the, to Dallas, Texas, and going into the, the stadium there in Dallas and playing the Dallas Cowboys and beating them. I mean, it'd be crazy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Or, or like your local, you know, your local football team going to, to Aston Villa. Well, I, I better use another. I better, yeah, they, they didn't have a very good year, but, uh, or, or not having a very good year, but it'd be like them going to a Man United and, and beating. Man, you'd be like, that's crazy. Do you know what occurred to me? That Goliath, Goliath didn't even take his own sword out into battle. He never unsheathed his weapon. David, David took his sword out of the sheath and cut his own head off with his own sword. And you know, it hit me that I believe many times the reason why we get defeated in the sifting process is because we never unsheath our sword in the battle. How, how are you ever going to win if you never use this? Amen? He should have won. But he had an unused weapon. And I believe many times that's, that's where we struggle. Um, I know I do. Uh, many times, you know, you go through a discouraging time and you've got to remember. The Bible says the Lord is our helper. And, uh, you know, therefore I can boldly say that he's my helper and he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And so... Um, you know, David is a great character in the Bible, Old Testament character, man after God's own heart. Didn't mean he was perfect. Of course, we know that. Here's a man that committed cold-blooded murder and hot-blooded adultery. <laughs> but yet he was still a man after God's own heart, and God used him mightily as a king of Israel. And he wrote probably three-quarters of the, the book of Psalms. Um, unbelievable character. Uh, one of my favorite. Um, I like the fact that he was an obedient son. You know, he did what his father asked him to do. Um, he not only that, but he was a humble servant, but he was a good soldier. And, and what we've got to understand is everything that God's doing in our life is what David said last night. Dave said in his prayer, God is doing what he's doing in our lives for our good and his glory. And so what we've got to understand, guys, is, and, and I, I don't, I don't even know if I'll even get to what I'm going to talk about because there's so much on my heart. I, I think I overprepared, but uh, and I don't want to. I don't want to get five messages in one. But um, you know, what hit me this morning as I was praying, as before I got up, is is this concept that do you really understand? I mean, do y'all know how crazy God is about you? Have you ever thought about that? You know, do you do you really understand how much God really loves you? Because most of us in this room, 
We think we know how much He loves us. But do you really know how much He loves you? And what I want to talk about today, you know, I think it was Adoniram Judson that said, attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. Um, you know, I want you to think about this. David did a, he attempted a great thing. And if you do that, you can expect great things from God if you attempt great things for God. Amen? David was willing to surrender everything and go out there and he said, you know what, the battle's not mine, it's the Lord's. And what we've got to do is we've got to stop fighting these battles in our own flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So what we've got to do is we've got to be willing to fight in the spirit and not in the flesh. Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane to his disciples, he said the spirit's willing, Jamie, but the flesh is what? It's weak. And, and, and here's, I want to look at a New Testament character that parallels David who was a man that was surrendered, he was obedient, he was a good soldier, but he had flaws. And, and every one of us, you know, we've got warts. <laughs> we do. Every one of us got warts. And what we've got to understand is God, God uses people like that. You know, I'm, aren't you thankful that God uses ordinary people? Because <laughs> you're looking at one. God uses ordinary people. God's going to use you today, not only in the city center, but in other areas and other arenas. You know what? You're, you know why God brought you here this week, this weekend, is to be an encourager to somebody in this room. To encourage someone. I want you to look at Luke chapter number five. I want you to look at Luke chapter number five. We'll start our reading at verse number one. It said, and it came to pass that. As the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and Jesus or the Sea of Galilee and, and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. They had fished that night. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. And if you don't know by now, this is the character I want to talk about today. <laughs> Simon Peter is a parallel character in the Bible to David. You remember what happened to Peter, right? Peter looked at the Lord and he said, If everybody forsakes you, God, Jesus, I don't care what happens, I will never, ever deny you. I will never forsake you. How many of y'all ever looked at your girlfriend or parents and said, I'll never do that again? It happened, you know? And what we've got to understand is, be very careful. If a man says he stands, take heed lest he fall. But by the grace of God, there go I. You know, I remember sitting on the platform one time and hearing a, a preacher that I was getting ready to preach for. We were sitting there and we were talking about another man in the ministry who had fallen into immorality. And he looked at me and he made this statement. He said, I'd never do that. And I wanted to say, you'll be the next casualty. You got to be careful. Just like, just like Goliath, you're never too tall that you cannot fall. So what we've got to understand, young people, is Peter is an amazing character because Peter's just like us. Would you agree with me? Peter spoke before he ever thought. He said, I'll never forsake you. I'll never deny you. And Jesus said, I promise you, before the rooster crows in the morning, three times, 
you will deny me three times. And you know, sometimes, young people, I don't know if it's not just the, the sin of commission that we're guilty of, but many times it's a sin of omission. It's not what we do sometimes that grieves the heart of God, but what we don't do. You know, we read that portion of Scripture in Ephesians 6 where it says, that I may open my mouth with boldness, that I may be bold. You know, listen, Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1 says, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. That's what we need. You know, when I come to this conference, I know that Daniel was in a den of lions. Sometimes I feel like I'm in a den of Daniels. I'm a lion in a den of Daniels. And I thank God for y'all. But you're... You're not going to win a battle by going and hiding in a cave when you get a threat. Elijah got a threat from one woman and he hid in the cave and God said, that ain't where you're supposed to be. You need to be out there. I didn't call you to sit in a cave. I called you to propagate the gospel. I called you to go out there and talk, tell people about how much I love them. And see, the only way that you're ever going to tell somebody how much Jesus loves them is you must know how much he loves you. Let me ask y'all a question, class. Why did God give us the Holy Spirit? Why do we have the indwelling Holy Spirit of God? And I'll never get over this, Dan. Ever. That when I came to Christ, when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, God said, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to seal you, and this is the promise that I'm coming back, is I'm going to seal you with the Holy Spirit of God. Do you know, young people, that you have the same power living in you that raised Jesus Christ out of the grave? And then we sit around and say, well, I, I, I don't know if I, I, I do that. <laughs> really? And you know what, Dave? I, I, I'll be honest with you. When I first got to ministry, there were times when I didn't know if I could do it. But you know what? Now it don't bother me. I promise you, I'll talk to my, I talk to my family who, who disdain me, who malign me, who make fun of me. But you know what I'm going to do, Jamie? I'm going to shout glory all the way to heaven. Because you know what? Greater is he that is in me, Alex, than he that is in the world. Me and God are a majority. Amen? I don't care if God be for me, who can be against me? And I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor angels, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. My Lord. That's my King. And God gave me the Holy Spirit, not so He would empower me and enable me, but I'm going to give you a verse of Scripture that's going to rock your world before we're done here in the next 26 minutes. I got to be careful, brother. You know how it is, amen? Me and Dave, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just a little Dave. That's what I am. I'm just a little bitty Dave because uh, I, I, I got my, my passion. I'll never forget the first time that he came to our church, and, and I really surrendered my ministry under his tutelage. He's like my Paul. So I'm going to be quite honest with y'all. I'm glad I'm standing up here and I, I'm wearing loose britches because I don't want you to see my legs shaking because, you know, it's very humbling to preach in front of your mentor. Amen? 
But I can remember the passion. I'm like, you know what? He's just like a Rottweiler, man. I, I want to be like that. I, I said, God, give me that passion. I want to be, I want to be bold. But the truth of the matter is, guys, and you'll agree with me, that there's times that you stand before people and you go, I don't know if I can do this, Lord. I think Peter was a lot like that. Well, he talk a good talk, but you put him in that position where the rubber meets the road, where you get squeezed on, and he made some poor choices. But you know what? I don't think anybody in this room's ever walked on water, but he did. I want you to look at this, and I'm just going to read through here, and I'm just going to make some, I'm just going to give you some ideas, and I hope I don't put you to sleep. I, if I see y'all going to sleep, I'll go, hey, you know, and that'll get you awake. <laughs> and Jesus entered into a ship, which was Simon Peter's, the little rock, not the rock. Jesus said upon this rock, he said, thou art Peter, thou art Cephas, you're a little stone, but upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen? Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. You know what that means to me? Gates are inanimate objects. They cannot jump out of the ground and charge toward an enemy. That means if they can't do that, then somebody's charging them. If the gates of hell's not going to prevail against us, that means we're charging the gates of hell. Do you know every time you pray to the God of heaven, you know every time you get down on your face and you beg God to do something in your family's life, you know what you're doing? You're coming against hell's forces. And that's when you've got to understand you're a child of the living God. You have the Spirit of God that dwells in you. There's nothing that you can't do that won't prosper. No weapon formed against you will succeed. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that you and God are a majority. Don't continue to live in defeat. Don't look at what you aren't. Look at what you are through Christ. And listen, understand your identity. You are identified with Christ. You're seated in heavenly places. You're uh, accepted in the beloved. And see what time, one time told, somebody told me, you ain't much of nothing. And I said, you know what, I'm glad I'm not. Because he's everything. I'm nothing, but he's everything. Look at what he says, let's read on. And Jesus prayed him that he would thrust him out a little bit from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. I love this passage of scripture because you know what it says? That the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. I believe we're still living in a day where people are hungry and eager to hear what God has to say. Just like in the day of Jesus, they were pressing upon him. They wanted to hear him teach. They, can you imagine hearing the God of the universe preach? Wow. Glad I'm not following that. Amen. Look at verse 4. Now when he was left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the what? Deep. And let down your nets, with an S, for a draw, for a catch. Now I want you to look up at me. The first thing he did, and I'm going to show you two times here in the next 18 minutes. I'm going to show you two times where Peter left his boat. He left his boat. Right here at the Sea of Galilee, at the Sea of Gennesaret, Tiberias, where you don't call it, you know what he did? Jesus said, let me borrow your ship, Peter. Let me get on it. You thrust me a little bit from the land, a little bit from the land. Let me preach to the people. And then when he got done preaching, he came on shore. He looked at Peter and he said, Peter, now I want you to launch out into the deep. Now I hope you all are listening to me. 
Because there's a lot of you, and you know what? You're very young. You're young. I know, I know you're an adult, but you're a young adult. My man, Dave's 57. I'm 50. And you know what? I used to think I knew something. Uh-uh. Let me tell you something, guys. If you're not careful, many of you right now in this room, over the next few years of your life, will get comfortable, and you'll be... Y'all ever go to a water park? Y'all ever go to a water park? Hey, Amen. Come on now. But I, I go. I like. I like the slides. I like to go down the slides. But you know they've got a section in the water park that's called the kitty section. And you know what they got these little mushrooms, water coming out of them, you know? And they've got all this little stuff. And you know how much water's in the pool they swim around in? About that much water. About eight inches of water. You know if you're not careful. Some of you in this room is going to stay around in the for all your life. It don't take no faith to, listen, to sit there and tread water in nine inches of it. And play around the kiddie pool. Do you know what Jesus looked at Peter and said, Nick? He said, I want you to launch out into the water. He said, you can stay in the kiddie pool all your life if you want to. Some of y'all, it's time for y'all to get out in the 12 foot and tread water. Get out in the deep. See, because I'm not going to be able to do what I do forever. Pastor Larry's not going to be able to do what he does forever. Dave Kisser can't do what he's doing forever. And somebody's got to be willing to say, you know what? I'm tired of playing around in the kiddie pool. I want to go out in the deeper waters. Again, great things for God and expect great things from God. Let's read on. And Simon answered after Jesus said, I want you to give all the nets you got. I know you just washed them up, but I want you to get every net that you fished with last night and I want you to go launch out in the deep and let all of them down for a catch. You're going to have the time of your life. Look at what Peter says. I love this guy because he's just like me. Simon answering said unto Jesus, Master, we, I'm going to kind of try to Nathan read this like I think Peter said it. Huh, Lord, can, can we have a conversation, Lord? Come here. This is what we do. This is our vocation. This is our livelihood. I know the best honey holes. Amen. We call that a honey hole in the, in the States. If you know where to catch fish, you ain't going to go somewhere where you never caught fish. You're going to go where you've always caught fish. Amen. I got a couple honey holes in our community. I don't tell nobody where they at. Because that's my fishing hole. Amen. Some of you go in there and just do like this. Just, just go on the bank. It's like that. It's fun. See, because I, I'll be honest with you. I love catching fish. You know the problem that I've had in my life for so long? Is I didn't just love fishing. See, there's a difference. See, if you only love catching fish, you're going to quit fishing before long. What you've got to do is you've got to learn to love fishing. See, I've got a guy in my church, and he's on the bass tour. He's a phenomenal fisherman. And uh, we've got a lake in front of our church. He calls that his, he calls that his bass training facilities. Amen. That's where he trains. He goes in there and he practices. You know what? I find him there some Saturdays when I go to mow. And you know what he's learning to do? He's learning to flip that jig underneath that bush. Or he'll, and he'll do it when it's raining. 
I've even caught it, guys. This week. I've caught this guy out in his front yard with no water, nothing but his front lawn, and he's out there practicing casting. No fish, no water. You want to know why he does that? He does that because he loves fish. And let me tell you something, guys. We're going to look here in a minute where Jesus says, henceforth, you'll not go and catch fish, but you're going to catch men. And you know what I think is many times the reason why we stop fishing is because we only love catching. We want to put another notch in our belt and say, I led that person to Christ. I led that person to Christ. You know what? I can promise you this. If you'll learn to love fishing, the catching will take care of itself. Amen? If you learn to love fishing, the catching will take care of itself. You'll win more people at your job site than you ever will going out into Birmingham City Center. Amen? You will. When you learn to love fishing. Peter said, old Pete said, you know, Lord, we've toiled all night. We have fished all night long and we ain't caught. We ain't even got a bite. We hadn't even got one bite and you want us to go out now and do it again? Come on, Lord. We know what we're doing. You know, it's an amazing thing. Here I am, a 50-year-old human being, and sometimes I try to give counsel to the God of the universe that didn't even need me and created everything without me. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say, God, I can help you out here if you'll let me. Don't look at me like that. You know you've done it. Because sometimes you think your way is better than his way. Can I tell you something? Stop whining and understand that God's thoughts of you are higher than your thoughts of you. Do you understand how crazy he is, Nathan, about you? How, Dave, how crazy, how much he loves us and whom the Lord loves, you know it. He corrects. See, God's trying to correct a thought here. I want you to look at the rest of it. Where does the time go? Now, when Dave was preaching, I'm like, man, come on. Don't, 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 don't get to 10 till. Don't get to 10 till. I want to hear more. And now I'm up here and I'm like, why is it moving so fast? Peter said, I've toiled all night, Lord, and take nothing. However, at thy word, I will let down a... What did he say? I'll let down a... See, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, most of the stuff that helps us is not some deep theological thought. It's just the simplicity of obeying what God says. i really be honest with you. When the children of Israel, and I want to go where you've stepped and where you've trod and where the feet of Christ trod, I want to go to Israel. But I can't imagine what those children, when they went into the promised land, the first encounter they had was at a city called Jericho. And here's God's marching orders. All right, children. All right, army. This is what I want you to do. Well, can you see them? Let's sharpen our swords. Buddy, let's get our slings out. We get ready to go to battle. Amen. Look like on Braveheart. Freedom! <laughs> you know, and I mean, <laughs> I didn't do that, Bruce, with a freedom! I don't even know how to do it, Scott. But anyway. Amen, amen. William Wallace is not even tall. No, no, I ain't William Wallace. <laughs> but anyway, I don't even know where I was at now. Anyway, they went into Jericho, and this is what God's marching orders was for. This was the battle plan. Look at me, guys. The battle plan was this, Sadish. I want you to march around the city six times. And on the seventh day, on the seventh time around the city, I want you to shout. 
They let down one net. They enclosed a great multitude of fishes that the net began to break. They fished all night. They ain't caught nothing. Jesus said, you know what? Let down your nets for a draw. Let it down for a catch. I'm going to show you something. They, listen, their net began to break. Look at verse number, uh, verse number 7. And they beckoning unto their partners, which were in the other ships, or other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. I think God's got a sense of humor. Can you see this picture? God, I can help you out here. We ain't caught nothing. We ain't going to catch nothing. We go out there. Now they got enough fish that two ships are sinking. And when Peter, Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Pretty good prayer. For he was astonished at all that were with and all that were with them at the catch of fishes, the draught of fishes which they had taken. And as, and as so was also James and John the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, don't be afraid, from, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And I want you to look at verse 11, and we're going to go to another passage and, and finish. Verse 11 says, And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all. Serious? They forsook all and followed him. Let me ask you a question. If you were a local fisherman, if that was your vocation, if that was your vocation, just think with me. If you were a local fisherman and you just had the best day of fishing you ever had, you're going to go back out. 
You know what they did? They forsook everything, Daniel, the best day of fishing, they ate everything. And what I'm asking you is to think about this. What are you holding back? What have you got in your hands that you've got clenched like this instead of giving it to God and doing like this? What are you holding on to? Amen? What is it that you are not forsaking? Because I promise you this, when you fall into love with something, it's very difficult to let go. See, if you don't fall in love with your behavior, it ain't hard to let somebody go. First thing I did to our F-350 when I got it is I went to the back bumper and I took my key and I didn't do it on the circle where you can see I did it underneath so I know it and I just took it with right all the way down the side of it. You say, Richie, why? Because then I couldn't work because it wouldn't hurt. Yeah, I know what y'all think about it. <laughs> <laughs> He's lost it. He's short of a half meal, right? <laughs> See, the problem is this, guys. So many times, we hold on to something. And I believe it was Jim Elliott said he's no fool. Who will get what he can't keep? To gain what he can't lose. What shall it profit you if you gain all the fish in the world and lose your own spiritual sensitivity in the process? What is it going to profit you if you hold on to that girlfriend or that boyfriend or any other thing in your life you say you love and you can't do without? This is between you and Jesus. Become farther and farther and farther. See, I'm convinced that when he left his boat, he was done. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Once you turn to Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to be done. Matthew 14. Matthew chapter 14. Look at verse number 22. And straightway Jesus constrained His disciples to get into a ship and to go before them unto the other side while He sent the multitudes away. Chapter 14, Matthew 14, verse 22. We're in verse 23. And when He had sent the multitudes away, He went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, He was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if that's really you, if it be you, if that be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said what? Come on, help me out. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever wanted to walk on water? I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about do you, want to, do you want to attempt a great thing for God and expect great things from God? Well, in order to do that, if you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. Some of y'all playing around in the kiddie pool. You say, preacher, I'm only 20. I'm only 19. So, David was 16. And he didn't stay around feeding sheep and, you know, I heard one preacher say that he was the first subway salesman. <laughs> he brought sandwiches to his brothers at the, at the battle, you know. And, and he went from a subway salesman to a victorious soldier. Because he was willing to what? Forsake all! He was willing to say there is a cause and it ain't about me. 
He said, you know what, Goliath, you come to me with a sword and a stave and a shield, but I come to you. Can you see him? He's like a little pit bull. He's like a little pit bull. And he said, you come to me with that sword and that spear and all that heavy armory. And he said, but I come to you in only one name. And I imagine if he was New Testament, he had said it's in the name that's above every name. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Can you see his brother alive? What are you doing? Why are you messing with a giant like that? He's too big to hit. David said he's too big to miss. Look at verse 28. Jesus answered and said, Lord, if it's really you, bid me to come into thee on the water. Let me ask you a question. What do you need to get out of the boat and walk on water? It's right there. You know what we need, Jay? Just the permission of Christ. Jesus said, well, come on. Come on. You won't walk on water? Come. And what's amazing thing is this, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on water to go to Jesus. Listen, he left his boat in Luke 5 and forsook all, but now he's leaving his boat. <laughs> Physically, he's getting out of the boat and walking on water to go to Jesus. See, here's the thing. You can forsake, but if you don't have the faith to back it up, the behavior in your life, see, behavior follows belief. Amen? And if the belief, listen, if the belief is not correct and it's not faith in God, what does it say in the Bible? For it is impossible without faith to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently, that means above everything else, diligently seek Him. He shall seek for me and find me when you search for me with your whole what? Do you want to be a young lady after God? Do you want to be a king? Do you want to be somebody that's remembered for doing great things and expecting great things? He went down, but I don't have time to go into the rest of the story, but you know this. He walked on water. Man, we can be critical of the warming his hands by the fire of the enemy. We can be critical of all the times that he spoke out of turn and didn't think. But there ain't a one of us in this room. There ain't nobody else that's recorded in Scripture of even walking on water except the Christ that gave him the power and the permission to do it. Folks, listen. What's holding you back? Why are you going to stay in the kiddie pool when God says launch out into the deep? You say, I can't do it. I want you to turn to Ephesians 3 very quickly. Ephesians 3. I know I'm all over the place, but this is just what... It's just who I am. <laughs> Ephesians chapter number 3. Look at verse number... I'm going to read through this. Verse number 15... Or verse number 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom his whole family, the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you. Now I want you to personalize this, Jay. That God would grant you. Think about everybody personalize this, because it's for you. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ. I told you I'd give you something in Rocky World. Do y'all want to know why God allowed the Holy Spirit of God to be you? 
one purpose. So that you would know the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of the love Let's read on. Verse 20. Now unto Now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you can ever ask for. I want you to think about this. Think of the greatest thing you can conjure up in your mind and you want you to say God do Black. <laughs> you think of the greatest thing you can imagine happening in your life and God says, you wait till I show you what I can do. Because He said, my ways are higher than your ways. You know why God gave me the Holy Spirit name? So I understand how much He loves me. That's not crazy. Is that not amazing? That He would allow Pastor the Holy Spirit God to live inside of me so I would know the length, the height, the depth of how much He's created me. I never get over it. So why are you waiting around the people? You know what it's time for some of you to go to Bible college? Well, it's time to get some of you to graduate from Bible college. It's time to step out. It's time to launch out. It's time to say, you know what? I'm going to attempt not just great things for God. I'm going to attempt impossible things for God. And I'm going to watch the God of all creation say, who, by the way, who is able? Who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ever ask or think? According to His power, which works. Come on, giant! Come on, Goliath! I ain't afraid of you. Because God goes not after me. He goes before me. Goliath thought he had an armor bearer. He's able. He's able. I know he is able. I know my Lord is able to carry you through. Remember? He's able, he's able, I know he is able, I know my Lord is able to carry you through. He heals the brokenhearted, sing it, you know it, and he sets the captives free. He made the lame to walk again, and he calls the blind to see. peek a -boo. <laughs> If you're going to walk on water, you can't stay in the comfortability of the boat. You've got to get out of it. His name was Lu Fu. He was a Chinese coolie. Back in the late 1800s, the South African diamond mines used to make the coolies from China. They would bring them in as slaves and make them bondage, bond servants, where they would go down and they would dig into diamond mines. They had to sign a contract for five years if they went down in that mine. There was a man by the name of Lu Fu. He went to the diamond mine owner and said, I want to sign a contract to go into that diamond mine. He said, sir, you understand when you sign this contract, you're giving your life to me. Lu said, yes. He was a preacher. He went in that diamond mine. He didn't last five years. He only lasted three. He died down there. But not before. 
he led 600 Chinese slaves to Christ. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above anything you could ask or think. I thank God for y'all, but you know what? The best, keep your fork. Y'all ever went to a restaurant and you eat a meal and the waitress looks at you and say, you might want to keep your fork because dessert's coming. It's time to keep our fork because the best is yet to come. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for the fact that we see a man by the name of Peter who forsook all on the best day of fishing he ever had and then was willing to get out of the boat. God, would you help us in these days that we have, especially in the next hour or two to come, give us boldness to launch out into the deep. Thank you, Lord, for your people. Thank you for your preachers. God, thank you for your presence. God, we need you. God, I need you more than the air I breathe. Oh, God, I thank you that you've given me the Holy Spirit so I could know how much you love me. And God, I'm thankful that you're my daddy and I'm your kid. Now, God, protect and provide and empower these young people today and God, help us. Help us to want to walk on water so bad we'll get out of the boat. And for all of this, we're going to thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name.